0: Thank you. I love you all too. (laughs) Yes, I pay them and I feed them every Monday night to cheer. Uh, Good morning, it is always such a privilege. And I do wanna plug just one thing, because yes, I am the RD of Andreas and the student apartments. And this Thursday, you have the opportunity of seeing some of the most incredible athletic displays in in the form of choreography and music with the Andreas Lip Sync Battle. So, that is, This Thursday at 8.30, I know all of my RAs would love for you to come and see them, as well as all the students. So anyway, uh, before we begin, if you guys would just pray with me. Uh, Lord, I just thank you so much for this time, and I thank you for all of these incredible students uh, and just this time to um, spend time with your word. And I pray that you would encourage us this morning, um, that you'd convict our hearts, and that you'd clear our minds to hear your truth. So we pray these things in your name, amen. So a few weeks ago, I came home from a fairly long day of work and I honestly just felt pretty worn down. I had several meetings where I felt just a little off, uh, like I wasn't listening very well or giving very helpful wisdom or advice. I had been a part of a couple of events where I was just tripping over my words. I felt pretty inarticulate, honestly just kind of uncool. I felt like I had this really unproductive weekend. I would barely reached out to my friends. Um, I felt pretty chaotic and disordered. My apartment was honestly like, it wasn't even just a mess. It was filthy. I feel like if the Ithafield if boys walked in, they would have felt just right at home. <laughs> so, you know who you are. Um, my quiet times with the Lord felt sparse and distracted. I felt disconnected from God. and. The whole week when I would even think about the Lord, I kept trying to change the subject in my mind because I felt bad for the way I had neglected him. And I was tired, I was disappointed in myself, I felt like those around me were disappointed in me, whether or not they really were, that's just how I felt. Um, And I was reeling, and I just broke down. I told my husband Casey, I was like, I'm exhausted. I just feel like I can't do enough. Even if I felt like I was doing my best, there was still something wrong, something was dirty, someone might have been disappointed, something was still unfinished, it was not enough. And perhaps some of you may feel similarly, and actually I know some of you do because I've been talking about this topic with so many of you, and I feel like anytime I bring this up, there's just this resounding yes, just the feeling of not being enough. I know that some of you are worn out, living on very little sleep, you've continually stayed up late trying to finish that paper or anxiously studying for that test that no matter how hard you try, the grade doesn't seem to reflect the effort you put in. You might feel like your friends in your hall are disappointed in you because you haven't spent enough time with them, so you keep saying yes to hanging out even though you're exhausted. And again, no matter how hard you try, it just feels like it's not enough. Perhaps you feel lonely and a little disconnected. It feels like Everyone else has found their close friends and community this year, and you're still waiting to find your people. And your efforts of showing up and asking people to hang out feel fruitless and like it's not enough. And on top of that, maybe you feel like a mediocre Christian at best. You know you should be reading the Bible and spending time with the Lord, but you can't even imagine where you would find the time. So you take shots of Jesus and settle for a quick psalm and maybe just a sleepy prayer before bed. And honestly, I've been there, I resonate. And so no matter how hard you try, it feels like you're not a good enough student, friend, hallmate, teammate, son, daughter, employee, Christian, whatever it might be. And I think when we have these feelings of not being enough, we can fall into one, two two ditches as a way of coping. I think in one ditch we can fall into is that we have to do more, we have to be more when those feelings of inadequacy come in. We feel like we need to hustle in all areas. We recognize that we're only doing 50 to 60% of effort in all these areas of life, and we feel like we need to aim for 100 We feel like we have to get the best grade on every paper and test, we need to say yes to every hangout, be there every time a friend is struggling night after night, put extra practices in for our sport, and make sure our rooms are spotless. And this is the ditch I find myself most prone to jump into. And when I try to hustle, and try to do more and be more, I honestly lose sight of why I'm doing these things in the first place. I lose lose the joy of why I'm doing these things. Friendships become more about making sure that I'm a good friend and that everyone thinks well of me rather than loving them like Christ. School becomes more about a grade rather than learning or growing. And reading the Bible becomes a thing to check off rather than actually learning about my creator. And I think the other ditch that we can fall into is one where we feel like there's no way we're ever gonna be enough, so we just stop trying altogether. And if 50 to 60% effort is still not enough, then why bother trying so hard? And it can feel depressing and hopeless. Or it feels so exhausting to keep trying that we move to self protection. And the feeling of not being enough hurts so much that you put up every boundary in place in order to avoid the feeling. So you say no to community because it takes too much effort, or you avoid going deeper in friendships so you don't have to deal with potential conflict or hardship. You fear being tired or exhausted, so you avoid committing to something that might require energy or effort. And you lower expectations on yourself so that you can never disappoint yourself or others. I think this is often the ditch where procrastination lies scrolling social media, binging Netflix, doing everything to avoid the feeling of inadequacy with distraction and excuses. In his book, You're Only Human, Kelly Kapick points out that too often, the options are either to try to do everything or simply do nothing. And here's the twist. You might be prone to fall into one ditch over the other, we, but we love to double dip, and we can easily go from one ditch to the other, depending on the circumstance, or the issue that we are going through. Even while I was preparing for this chapel talk, I felt really jumbled and like I couldn't gather my thoughts. Those feelings of inadequacy were popping in left and right, and I was hopping from one ditch to the other. At times, I would spend hours just trying to think of analogies or stories or try to make little pieces perfect. And then within minutes, I was procrastinating and watching reels of puppies befriending ducks and refreshing my email over and over just to try to avoid thinking about this talk. At one point, I was expressing my struggles um, over this talk to Casey, and he was like, listen, Hannah, don't go for a slam dunk. You're probably not gonna connect with everyone or make anybody cry, and they're probably not gonna remember it. This chapel will not be enough. I was like, ah, thanks, boo. Uh, and honestly, he was a little bit worried. He's like, don't make me sound like a turd muffin. And that's not, that is not at all what was happening. Honestly, what he was saying is, you guys are, you guys are being inundated with lectures and chapels all the time. To, to think that you're gonna remember everything as you guys are just like probably reeling of the to-do lists in your head. He's like, just think of one thing that you would want them to walk away with. If they don't remember anything else, what's the one truth that you want them to hear? And honestly, that one truth, you guys have heard it before. If you've, if you've been to any chapel at Covenant, if you've listened to Kelly Capic, if you've read his book, which honestly is amazing and has inspired so much of this talk, but you know this truth, and I think it's worth reminding you of, and that is that you are not enough on your own, and God made you that way. God did not create you to be enough on your own because he is enough. We as humans were designed to function best when we are dependent on a creator and look to him as the one who is enough for us. If you and I were meant to be enough on our own, we would not long for Jesus. We would not see our need for a savior. But God loves you and he longs for us to find our satisfaction in him. But what does this mean? What does it mean when we still feel bad for not being enough? Shouldn't it be the case that if I'm supposed to be enough, that people wouldn't feel disappointed in me, or I would feel freedom to have more rest, or experience healthier friendships, or have this genuine desire with the Lord? What does it change if I know that I'm not enough? And it's hard, because the reality is that these lies and expectations of needing to be enough are all around us. In an effort to empower and encourage others, the world has inundated us with slogans like, you are enough, you do you, speak your truth, which have incidentally placed an expectation to have it all together, to know who you are, to be the source of wisdom and truth and to never acknowledge failure in yourself and others. No wonder it is so difficult to overcome this struggle. It's literally being seeped into us all around. And so learning dependence on a savior, learning that he is enough, also requires unlearning all the ways that we believe we have had to be enough on our own. Again, so what do we do? How do I take this theology, this truth, and make it into a reality? When I have due dates, I'm stressed out, overwhelmed by all the expectations placed on me. And honestly, I wish I had this three-step guide of freedom from the weight of inadequacy, but I don't. What I do know is that over and over again, when I have wrestled with these thoughts and feelings, I'm reminded that the solution is not do more, or do less, or be more, or be less, but rather seek faithfulness. And I know we hear this all the time, and honestly, sometimes it can feel like that cop-out answer, you know, like, what should I do, this or that, you know, faithfulness. What should I do after college? Oh, faithfulness. Who should I date? Faithfulness. Like, it's not helpful all the time. But I honestly think that the reason faithfulness feels like a cop-out answer is because Scripture rarely gives us a checklist of things to do. Rather, God is after a heart change first. And the checklist follows a heart that is seeking after right things, right? It's following, seeking wisdom and discernment and faithfulness and a heart that is seeking faithfulness can take this theological truth that we are not enough because God is and connect it to how we think, how we feel, and what we do. So what does faithfulness look like? I want to explore five ways that I think faithfulness might look like when you're wrestling with inadequacy. And I'm sure there's so many more, but I wanna look at five when we are wrestling with inadequacy. And number one, seeking faithfulness might still lead to disappointment because our faithfulness is directed to Jesus and not to what other people think. So being faithful might still lead to disappointment. Um, I was talking with one of my RAs, Calvin Harlow, and he directed me to this passage that's pretty familiar to all of us, and so if you would, would turn turn in your Bibles to Luke 10, 38 through 42, and you can follow along with me Again, it's Luke 10, 38 through 42. And it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And he had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And I think there's so many things that we could take from this passage that honestly relate to this topic. But the one thing that I want to highlight is that Mary disappointed her sister, and yet Jesus considered her faithful. Mary chose what was better at this moment, to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his teaching and wisdom. And this story, we know it's not licensed to neglect all responsibility, but it is an invitation to sit with Jesus and to listen to him, to prioritize him, to invite him into your day-to-day and ask him when to say yes, when to say no, when to pour out, when to rest, and when to just sit with him even if it means you disappoint others. I think for some of you, there are times when faithfulness might mean saying no to hanging out with a friend in order to be responsible, to get an assignment done, or to get some sleep. And especially if you find yourself continually neglecting your studies or getting limited sleep to just be there for your friends, sometimes saying no reminds you and them that you're not savior. And it can actually drive them to the Lord and perhaps other resources that could be helpful. On the flip side, some of you might be prone to say no to everything for fear of not getting the perfect grade on a test or paper or feeling tired. And faithfulness might also mean that you say yes to a friend in a time of need, and maybe one night go with a little bit less sleep, or maybe put aside your perfectionism on a paper And I know this isn't an every night thing, but if you were one that never accepts an invitation to hang out with your hall or your friends, I would challenge you to remember that you're a relational being whose holistic health does require healthy and good community. And this, this might sit poorly with some of you guys, especially if you're looking for this principle, like, okay, which one do I choose? How do I discern? But what we actually are called into is to learn discernment. And to ask the lord for wisdom in this case-by-case situation and that requires that we sit with him and regularly listen to him so faithfulness might lead to disappointment number two faithfulness does not necessarily lead to balance oftentimes when we feel we don't uh, feel enough we think that the solution is to find balance in our lives so when we ask others to pray for us, you know, pray that I would just find balance, what we really mean is pray that I can do every single thing to 100% and not feel exhausted, burnt out, or disappointed. But that's not realistic. Um, I was talking to uh, Bianca Carvalho and she referenced a past chapel by Tasha Chapman who pointed out that there's no way that we can do everything to the same percentage all of the time. You can't be 50% student, 50% friend, 50% human and sleep. son, daughter, all of those things, and then have it all equally balanced every day. There are going to be moments, days or weeks, where if you have a test or project due, you're going to have to prioritize that, and your friends might need to wait. Or maybe there's a moment when your friend's going through real grief or tragedy, and you need to spend time with them, and be with them. And that takes discernment and wisdom, not necessarily balance. And you know, it's interesting, Jesus did nothing without praying and seeking the Father. In John 5.30, he said, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I see not to please myself, but him who sent me. So Jesus yields to the Father in everything. And it might feel silly for us to go to the Father with the mundane tasks in school and who we hang out with. But, I mean, if Jesus, who's perfect... Went to the Father with everything. Why would we not seek the Lord and ask him for wisdom and and trust the Holy Spirit's direction in our lives? So seeking faithfulness does not necessarily lead to balance. Number three, seeking faithfulness leads to resting in the Lord. And I know you've heard this before, and I'm talking about both physical rest and soul rest because typically when i feel inadequate the first things to go are rest sleep and honestly time with the lord but i look around and i know this and i've talked to so many most of us are pooped and we just think that um, you know if we can just do the next thing then we can rest and it's weird because i think sometimes even in college circles we somewhat brag about how much little sleep we got you know it's like this mark of success or like productivity i remember when i was in college i was talking to some friends and i was like yeah we got like four hours of sleep last night you know just doing all the stuff and i remember one of my friends was like you know hannah like god designed it to where one third of your life was supposed to be spent sleeping so he probably meant it was like an important thing huh <laughs> i was like well we're not friends No, I honestly don't talk to him anymore, but it was very encouraging, and I remember it often, because sleep can be an act of submission to the Lord. Um, One, you're human and finite, and two, it's trusting that what you can't get done during the waking hours, you're trusting the Lord's going to work out, because that's just how he designed it. And again, I know there's nights, right, where you have to finish that project late at night, or again, friends going through a difficult time. But if that's night after night, then something's got to change. That should be the exception and not the rule. Because we are physically designed to need rest, and also it's a command. So there's that whole thing. And I think seeking faithfulness not only leads to physical rest, but it also leads to soul rest. And we know this passage in Matthew 11:28 through30, Jesus tells us, "Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy-laden, and I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." Jesus invites us to come to Him in our weariness and our burdens and take on the life of Jesus to be freed from the anguish of trying to please everyone all the time. I mean, that is what we just sang about in that last song. He longs for us to come to Him. And I think if if all we do is just say yes to everyone and bleed out for people and for success, you're going to be exhausted. And at the same time, if all you do is perpetually self-indulge and engage in shallow forms of self-care, you're going to be empty and exhausted. We have like 10,000 yokes upon us, right? 10,000 ways of trying to be enough and do enough. And Jesus is making a pretty good bargain here. He's like, you're 10,000 yokes for my one. And his one, even though it requires faithfulness and discipline and obedience, it leads to true rest for our souls. Seeking faithfulness leads to rest in the Lord. And number four, seeking faithfulness leads to freedom from comparison. Comparison to others and comparison to our past selves. I think that the majority of our feelings are perpetuated, this feeling of not being enough is perpetuated uh, when we are comparing ourselves to those around us or to social media or maybe to our past selves. But comparison is a thief of joy and gratitude and it can lead to envy, self-centeredness, burnout and despair. And for those of you who don't know I am pregnant. So I'm in my second trimester. I know I thought oh, I thought y'all knew that. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. It's exciting. It's fun. But honestly, it's been difficult to not compare myself to who I was a few months ago. So in the first trimester lined up with RA training, which that's like 15-hour work days. And we weren't telling anybody at that time. And so I was just like Trying to hide the fact that I was so exhausted and nauseous 24/7, and why I didn't want to play the game where you eat like a blade of grass. Um, and I remember, one of my R one of my RAs remarked to be like, "Man, I feel like last year we like played more games, you know, or we spent more time together." And they weren't meaning it as a critique, you know. They were just noticing an observation, and I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm trying, you know. But it was true. Like I was more hype last year when I wasn't trying to just not barf all the time. Um, but I remember, like, there's nothing I could do about it, this, this is where I was, you know, and, and if I compared myself to others, or to who I was last year, I just turned inward, I became more self-pitying, it robbed the joy of a situation and being present with the capacity that God had given me in that moment, and so I think God is calling you to just not look so inward into to other people, but actually, He's calling us to look to Him, In Hebrews 12, it calls us to turn our gaze to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And when we look to Jesus, when we seek faithfulness to Jesus, we are freed from the burden of looking to ourselves and to others for our worth and sense of adequacy. And lastly, number five, faithfulness leads us to give grace to others and not demand that they be enough for us. Christ is not only enough for others, but he is enough for you, and it might be worth asking if you're asking others to be enough and do enough for you and take the place of Christ and the responsibilities that he's asking you to do. It's hard, but your friends, your professors, RA family members, employees, they're human, (laughs) just as you are, and not one of them is meant to fill you and make you feel enough. And when we seek faithfulness, we look to honor and love others rather than see them as means of affirmation and self-fulfillment. Only Christ is meant to fill us, and for anyone else it would be an insurmountable burden. But for Christ, it is his joy and his delight. And my hope during this time and talking through these five forms of faithfulness, to be honest, is not that you would leave feeling content in the fact that you are not enough. Rather, my hope is that in knowing that you're not enough, that it would drive you to the one who is. And that it would lead you to throw off any hindrance, maybe any sin, laziness, or perfectionism, and throw yourself onto Jesus. Because we're not enough, but the Lord is. And he has freed us from that burden. But the only way that we can truly know that freedom is if we know the Lord. And if we sit with him daily... If we invite him into every decision and seek wisdom and pursue faithfulness because when we look to christ he is the only one who can tell us who we are and show us the freedom of being enough would you pray with me lord you are enough and i pray that you would help us to look to you in everything and seek your wisdom and your truth remind us of the hope that comes from a life that is surrendered to you and help us to rest in you amen